Welcome, everyone. I'm Ross May, and I host a podcast called Reitman for the Job, where I talk about Ivan Reitman's films. And today, I've got two very special guests, if you'd introduce yourselves. Uh, yes, this is uh, Mr. Troy Benjamin, and on the line with us is Mr. Chris Stewart from the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip podcast. And we are huge fans of Reitman for the Job, so this is uh, pretty awesome. I'll let Chris speak for himself, but I just wanted to do the, the ramp up there. That's, you know... It's it's the it's just me. It's the salesman in me. It's the bassomatic guy in me. Um, sorry, Chris. Uh, everything you said, only Esquire. I demand to be Chris Stewart <laughs> Esquire. Esquire. Are you Bill S. Preston? That is yeah. that is <laughs> that is perfect. Thank you guys for coming on. And um, before we get started, I wanted to ask how excited are you for the Ivan Reitman produced film Space Jam: A New Legacy? <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it, is he getting a producer credit? Here. I didn't. I didn't know that he's getting a producer credit on it this time around again, too. It it could be wrong. I checked IMDb, which is often wrong, and they it lists him as an executive producer, which I can understand well, because yeah. he was because he did he produce or executive producer both the first film. But anyway, but so so it makes sense that he would be an executive producer on the new one. Wow. Well, hey, now I'm even more excited yeah. about it. I didn't know that Ivan had even a small hand in it. So. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it doesn't matter if I'm excited or not. I'm pretty sure it's going to end up uh, a Thomas pick at some point for family movies. Well, especially night, if it's so. on the HBO I'm end Max, up seeing it one right? Way or another. You just watch watch it on the HBO Max one night and be good to go. Yeah, right. So there you go. <laughs> We're Canadian. We don't have HBO. Oh, Max. you don't? Us. I didn't know. <laughs> you can get HBO content through. We've got Crave. Uh, yeah, I think so, and I know. I know Shaw's uh, on-demand app that you can get on your phone if you you have a Shaw cable account. HBO's on there as well, so I think that must be through Crave or something. But no, we don't we don't technically watch HBO. We watch whatever Canadian cable network uh, drop the money <laughs> to pay for to, it to buy. To, yeah, to buy That's it off funny. HBO yeah. so we can see it. Yeah. We will not mess out on Space Jam 2. But anyway, I'll, I'll get us going on this. Um, uh, thank you for coming on. Last year, I did a lot of research on the production of Ghostbusters, which you guys are both very familiar with as well. And that naturally got me into the rumors and the facts of casting that did not happen on the movie. Things like Eddie Murphy maybe being in the film, John Belushi before he died, John Candy, and... That got my wheels turning, and I wanted I, I created a game, the Ghostbusters Fantasy Draft, which I will explain to the listeners right now. Imagine, if you will, it's 1983. We have a script from Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, but something went wrong in the contracts. They didn't get the, the good contract that they did in real life. And someone at Columbia Pictures says, we're going to recast pretty much this whole thing. All of you guys are out. And so uh, the game for all three of us is to each come up with the best possible alternate cast for Ghostbusters that you and other people would want to see. And uh, I will explain the brief rules really quickly. So Ghostbusters Fantasy Draft, we must each come up with an entirely new cast, except uh, you can keep one actor from the real movie. So I'm saying if you just got to have Bill Murray, then you can keep Bill Murray. But by the way, you can also put him into a different role. You could make him the Lewis Tully mm -hmm. character if you really wanted to. You could do anything. 
Um, mm-hmm. Also, just to make it easier on all, on all of us, I'm saying that we have time machines, so we can cast any actor from any time, from the present, from the way in the past. <laughs> if you guys, if you always wanted Abbott and Costello to meet Gozer, Abbott and Costello can now meet Gozer, like they like they I, met Frankenstein. I like that it's. It was really nice of you to to say to make it easier on us. You can have a time machine when we haven't even started. But I'll, I'm just gonna to hip you to it. I took a sledgehammer and I smashed the time machine and started creating artificial additional rules for myself Ooh, in terms okay. of casting. So, uh, <laughs> although now that now that I'm thinking about it, it would be really fun to do this again. But just pick a different time period, like right. say the Ghostbusters yeah. in the seventies. Who would you cast if they made it in the fifties? Who that would, would you be cast? Good. I saw one time yeah. uh, someone uh, put together a YouTube video of um, the Avengers, as in the Marvel Avengers, if it was um, the nineteen sixties, and they did things yes. such as Diana Rigg as uh, Black Widow, which makes you know perfect sense that that perfect sense, yeah. So and she was already Avenger anyway. So but anyway, so yeah, so people have had fun doing that things. On my final note, um, just a thing to make clear to listeners, and <laughs> I joke to you guys already, and a move that I'm sure will not bother any fan anywhere at all, uh, we do not need to adhere to gender lines. So Dana Barrett could become Dan Barrett. And by the way, for people out there, if that does annoy any of you out there, the idea of switching gender roles uh, for these characters, here's something I want you to think about. Alien. <laughs> Yeah, true. Starring Sigourney Weaver, that's what happened. It said Ripley Rip, uh, in the script. Ripley is probably a strong, handsome young man. Is like, wait a second. What if we made it Sigourney Weaver instead? Yes. So, Alien Sigourney Weaver with Ripley is already a gender flipped character. So, just something for all of us to keep in mind if you get annoyed with, oh, that that you don't like the thought of that. Anyway, uh, what are your? Do you want to explain to people your extra rules, Chris? On yourself? Uh, no, that was mostly mostly it. And actually, I'm not even sure if it's an extra rule because I like being mean to myself so much as there's something about mixing and matching out of time that just doesn't right. sit right with yeah. me. I don't okay. know if it... I, 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 find, I found it a lot easier in my head to go looking for uh, alternate actors and all that of a similar era. Like, I don't... I don't I don't, I don't know why that is, but it, I, you know, I think it, you open up, you know, who were the hot, uh, you know, com, uh, comedy actors in the nineties, you know, so you start adding in Ben Stiller and Chris Farley, and then you get into the early two thousands and then, you know, the 2010s. And I'm like, I don't, it, for me, it was not that easy to like pick, you know, cause, cause what it ultimately turned into was way too big of a, of a, okay. a blank slate. Well, yeah, you're, right? And you're just, so you're, I, you're I, a good I, casting director. You're putting on your casting director hat and you're like, I can't put these two together because they won't have the chemistry that I want them to have. You can't put Farley in the same movie yeah. as uh, you know, a Chaplin, you know, because it's like, well, they have totally different comedic stylings. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, it, 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 and it's just too huge of a pool, yeah. too, to like, you know, like, where do you start? Like, I go, I pick somebody that I like now. And then expand my brain out like 30 years or 40 years. Or you opened it up to Abbott and Costello. Like that's, whew, that's pushing, you know, 80 years uh, of, of comedy actors. I'm like, well, The other thing that I found myself doing is I would put the actor in 
in on my list, but I would I would specify what like kind of era or what year <laughs> that particular actor. Oh. That's sort of naturally part of this too. Yeah, that you can. If you need to, you can sort of specify uh, this person is in their forties. They're younger. Uh-huh. You, you can you with the time machine, you can play around with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess technically, then if you look at it that way, I've kind of that's kind of what I did. Or without even thinking about it, you you actually thought it through. For me, I'm picking people that now that I think about it, do have a career outside of the '80s. But what I was doing was thinking of them in terms of the '80s. I don't think I picked anybody yeah. earlier than. 1980 and i don't think anybody goes past like 88 kind of did so. the same but it just happens naturally i almost yeah. did the same yeah yeah so we can fight over the same actors. i love Perfect. it i love it okay well then but the, the the one drawback there is and you brought it up that we could gender swap and all that the trouble is is i got to the end of it or you know halfway into it and realized that by constraining myself to people that i was familiar with in movies from the 80s I was all fully prepared to, oh, I'll, you know, maybe do some gender swapping and hey, maybe uh, I can diversify the cast a bit. That'll be fun. And then realize that by looking at movies in the 80s, which were mostly male dominated and not super diverse, I I just kind of hooped myself. Like it was, it, it was no longer a straightforward process to like, uh, you know, very easy to draw from funny white guy uh, pool in the 80s than it is to... You know, it's a slightly smaller, uh, funny uh, white woman, and then everybody else. It's like, oh man, this is this is gonna take some research. So I don't know. I like my list, but I, I think maybe I'd go back and and tweak my rules a bit if I had a second chance. But let's. I, I am I don't sure know. Let's see how it'll it... it'll be interesting. It'll be neat to see. Okay. Yes. Uh, and the the characters that we are looking at, the dramatist personae are as follows. We have the four Ghostbusters, Dana Barrett, their client, Louis Tully, the neighbor, Janine Melnitz, their secretary, Walter Peck, the EPA officer, and we won't recast the mayor of New York because the video game in 2009 already did that and made it Brian Doyle Murray, <laughs> made him Brian Doyle Murray, which I think we can all agree that cannot be improved upon, that that was the best recasting. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. Although we do love David Margulies, just want to throw that out there. Gotta, gotta. Oh throw yeah, oh, he was great. He was great too. No, and I said I'm not saying that um, David Margulies wasn't as good. I'm saying that if you're gonna recast, oh, like oh, it's Brian Doyle Mur- Murray. Yeah, that's the perfect person. I have a, in keeping with the theme, I've got a Canadian toonie here. Uh, Troy, do you want to pick heads or tails? Uh, yeah, I'll take uh, tails. Okay, it's on the floor. It is heads. Ooh. So Chris uh, can go first, and Troy, you can take second, and I will be the third pick. Okay, so I'm presenting my whole list. Uh, w- please, how about what we do is, um, and you can go down the list however you want. You can start with Peter. You can start with um, anywhere on your list okay. that you want, and we'll do it, and we'll do it. Is it called Round Robin? And then we, so we'll just do Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, because we, we should talk about the uh, the choices, too, because yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear the okay. thought process behind uh, everything, too. Yes, so you can pick any right. character that you want to start with. Yeah. Uh, let's then. I think what I'll do is I'll start from, let's say, like furthest out from the core of the story. And then that way, by design, we kind of dive into the, the OGBs. We can talk it up there. So let's start. Uh, let's say Peck. Walter Peck. And uh, after a lot of humming and hawing, I, I, I picked Alan Arkin. Ooh, that's good. That is a good one, yeah. 
Uh, somebody who's got an edge of funny, but plays straight very well uh, at the same time. Uh, uh, sort of offic- could do officious intensity. Um, yeah, I and I th- like I said, I, I don't know what year. I think that was in the 70s, but I really like like 70s and early 80s Alan Arkin. Um, uh, what was that one? Simon. He's in that one movie, Simon, that he's really good in. Um, and not only that, shares a background, a, a Second City background right. with a bunch of them, too. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I could really picture him in a suit. I could really picture him getting in the face of the Ghostbusters, uh, largely uh, playing it uh, straight or the antagonist, and then still managing to, you know, get a little uh, spin or a bon mot in there that would uh, be funny. So that's 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 where I went with with. Yeah, that. you could see him playing it really earnestly, but then, you know, in those wide shots where he's just kind of off to the side of the frame or something, he'd be kind of hamming it up like Rick Moranis does. Uh, like, that. that's what you would get from Arkin, is he would be like the EPA guy, but... Uh, but then, but then he'd be yeah, like eyeing uh, uh, Vankman from the corner or something, and kind of giving him a little nod, like yeah, "I'm on to you, you son of a bitch," <laughs> like that kind of thing. I also, I also, yeah, I also think what he'd do, like so, Atherton kind of as things fell apart in the city, he just got more and more frothy at the mouth, uh, angry. Whereas I, I'd like to think that Arkin would kind of s- become more and more unhinged. Yeah. Mm. and fun, funnier and funnier and funnier flustered you can see him on, getting so. really flustered or even like um yeah uh, so i married an axe murderer where he plays the the commissioner where he's like he's he's a, he's a hard ass and he's talking like this was that too much like you could see him kind of like maybe he pulls yeah. down the persona <laughs> which would be funny uh gross, gross point blank yes. uh straight man in every sense of the word got some of the funniest lines of the no no killing. Don't give it a shot. No shooting. Stop <laughs> calling me. Stop calling me. <laughs> right? Like so that that was that's my pick for Walter Peck. It's good. All right, it's my it's my turn. Do I do I jump in? Yeah, and and if I didn't make it clear like um we can move around the list. So he's chosen Walter Peck like you can go you don't have to go for Peck next. Uh Troy, you can go oh, to any oh, interesting. Um to so to try to nail down the actors that you absolutely want to nail down first so no one takes that's true. Oh, so I, I, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I don't I don't want anybody to steal some of my my options. So okay, all right. So so in the interest of that, I'm going to stick with Peck because I want to steal somebody off the board right away here. Hmm. Um this was okay. the one person that I kept from the original cast and I recast Harold Ramis as Walter Peck. Ooh, because, that could work. Well, that's very good. Yeah, I could see him being for all of the reasons that we just talked about with Alan Arkin. Um, I could see him playing it completely earnestly, playing the pencil pushing, paperwork uh, filing uh, EPA agent. Uh, he's got that angry streak. We know that that Harold Ramis can can amp that up when he needs to. Um, but mm-hmm. but would be playing it up in the corners of the frames and doing all the things again, like we were saying with Alan Arkin, um, and. I keep coming back to Violet Ramis Steele talking about um, in Stripes, uh, Harold's character being his version of what he thought was cool. So I thought like, oh, what a great opportunity for Harold to portray what he thought a bureaucrat was in 1983 slash 1984. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shades of what's his SCTV character? Mo. Uh, yes. Mo Green, the, the uh, yeah, the network executive, exactly, yeah, where he's canceling the entire thing just because uh, out of spite. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be like, if, if I were to keep one person, uh, obviously everybody's gonna be like, well, you can't recast Bill Murray as Peter Venkman. Like that's going to be where we, we kind of run into some walls, I'm sure. But like, that's the one it's like, you got to keep Harold Ramis in this movie somehow because he is that sort of linchpin, uh, to keeping it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, not to spoil things, I I did not recast anybody. Ooh. So <laughs> didn't keep anyone. All right, interesting. Okay. No, no, no. I kept one person because that was oh, 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 okay. Yeah. I gotcha. All right, but I didn't recast okay. anybody. Like I didn't and shuffle them to a new role. So <clears throat> okay, you can you can all start writing down your your guesses now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there are other actors that I would go for that I want to nail down first. However, just to uh, keep things fair, I will go with Walter Peck as well here. And this one, I'm stirring things up. I'm going with Chevy Chase. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Right? Because I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. It could, it could read, I could derail the production with this. It might turn out very bad, (laughs) but um, if... He behaves himself and um, does a good job. He would be very good at... Huh, do you think he would be good playing a jerk against uh, all his <laughs> friends? And those honestly are, even though he doesn't get along with them all the time, Like those are probably some of his sure. professional friends, and he's they still have fights. Yeah. And going eye-to-eye with Venkman. Bring... Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. You bring up, some, you, you bring up something that I kind of had to put to bed early, or it was going to drive me nuts, which was stuff we know about the actors and about whether realistically this casting could ever happen. Chevy Chase in like 83, I don't know if he'd play the bad, like, you know, the antagonist in a movie. Uh, I don't know. But, so, which is why I, like I said, I just threw all that stuff out the window and I agree. I think, I think he's his whole, his dry delivery. It would be really good for Peck. Like really good for Peck is to, 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 uh, yeah, it's 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 not quite. He doesn't play things straight, but he plays things so dry in a lot of times You're right, that he that it almost comes off the same way. Yeah, it would be it 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 could go bad. Like I'm saying, honestly, this could go bad for me. But um, if <laughs> if it went well in our minds, then it actually it would work. And unlike William Atherton, who said, "I can't compete comedically with these guys so i'll just play it straight so i'm the straight man and 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 kind of a dick about this uh chevy chase he wouldn't be playing the straight man but just yeah just 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 playing to the hilt that same kind of role and you know he's being he's kind of kind of winking at the camera while he's doing it still but it could it could all work out i think yeah Yeah. and and i'll give you i'll give you one inside baseball reason why chevy chase should have been in ghostbusters in the first place and that's michael ovitz because for all the reasons that we've heard that John Candy uh, pulled out of the movie, I I think the the cleanest that we've ever heard is that he, he wasn't a CAA client and Michael Ovitz was not his agent and Bernie Brillstein couldn't make the deal with his agent that, uh, that he wanted. Uh, So, but Chevy Chase, if I remember right, Chevy Chase was one of the CAA stable of stars. Uh, So I'm, I'm frankly surprised that he wasn't, what was he doing in 83? 384 that he wouldn't have been able to was that foul play was that i don't remember <laughs> anyway sorry i haven't seen enough of his S- stuff but, yeah. but that's the chevy that's, chase but yeah uh, yeah yeah that's the story with chevy chase all the time we we got to move on i know but that's the story with him all the time that 
is an ensemble piece or is it or am I the star? And if he's not the star, then he's way less interested. But it would have been smart for him to know you should try playing with other people. But he didn't. Yeah. Why don't you? Go- Maybe it's un- un- under the rainbow era. Chevy Chase. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Oh, 83. Don't, don't, he was working oh. on vacation. So it's it's quite possible. There we go. No, yep. That wouldn't make sense. Vacation was already filmed. Yeah. It was already it was already filmed. Harold was already filmed. Might have moved on to it. Huh. Yeah, we got to move All on. Right, though. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks, guys. So, uh, Chris, why don't you go again? Oh, got to move on. He's never <laughs> listened to us before, has he? Troy? Welcome Jeez. to our third. Um, I'm trying draft. to keep things moving. <laughs> OK, um, let's I want to do. I'm going to do Ray. And I'm going to I'm going to throw one out there that uh, I'm waiting to hear your reaction. I'm going to put Peter McNichol in there. Oh, that's neat. I'm oh. going to put. Post Dragon uh, Slayer Peter McNichol. He that was supposed to be his big break. It did not pan out, so I'm giving it to him a second time. Interesting. Yeah, I I I don't I don't know that he has any particular quality that makes him super Ray esque, but at the same time, I don't think he has any particular quality that makes him not Ray esque. And I think he he'd be really good at playing like slightly uh, true believer ish. You know Dan Aykroyd esque sort of thing. So I, like I said, as long as he's kind of keeps it uh, keeps it vaguely centered, I think he make a really. You could good see brain. him being the, the like kid said, who grew up on the farm uh, with all these paranormal experiences, and it's made him a little strange. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and like I like I said, he really didn't take off in pop culture wise until you know kind of what Ally McBeal esque. But yeah, everybody kind of forgets that you know he was he had uh, yeah Dragon Slayer was I don't know it just kind of. He disappeared for a while, so I'm I'm putting him back in. I'm gonna make him my Ray, and I like the 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 old uh, Ghostbusters two switcheroo. <laughs> That's so, good. Yeah. So. I could also see him playing Peck while we're just just throwing that out there. I could see Peter Maynard yep. being playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I will. Uh. I'll I'll stick to the trend here. I'll I'll also do okay. Ray. And oh man, I didn't think that any of these people would still be on the board, so I gotta pick. I gotta pick these <laughs> very carefully. Ah, oh, shoot! All right, I when in when in doubt, just say Burt Reynolds, Reynolds and walk away. Yeah, it's funny because it's a big hat. Um, I I I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna do this. Uh, young Gene Wilder. Uh, pre. Uh, oh, yeah. Ni- okay. uh, late late seventies, like, pre nineties. Gene Wilder. Popeye Doyle. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, uh, shoot, the movie that he did with Gilda Radner, where they're in the hu- hunt, is it Haunted Honeymoon? Like that, that kind of. Oh. Like the, oh, sorry, Popeye Doyle. I'm thinking of Gene. Uh, Gene oh Hatton. no, yeah, <laughs> I didn't Popeye. realize that. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> we're, talking about. we're talking. No, no, about Willy Gene Wonka. Wilder. Uh, yeah, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, no, I know. What you're, yeah, Haunted Honeymoon. No, High High Spirits was the Gutenberg one. Haunted Honeymoon was. Or is it the other high, way around? High doesn't anxiety matter. Is I know what exactly you're who you're talking of, about. Um, but yeah, G- yeah, Gene Wilder. But you're also but, talking like uh, yeah. he's he's okay. the perfect. Okay. You know, you, you think of the heart of the Ghostbusters, uh, and and he can obviously play uh, heart and uh, the the likable childlike wonder character. Uh, also, yeah. can be a scientist. We know this much of him. Um, but but if yep. if you're having to sell a line of dialogue like, "Hey, does this poll still work?" That's Gene Wilder right there. <laughs> That's where. It yeah, goes. you're right. When I think of him, I kind of think of the manic stuff he does sometimes. And I, but you're right. Like that innocuous line made super funny. That's definitely a him Yeah. Thing. I mean, and, and you know, you go, you, you talk about Willy Wonka, but like 
his delivery of the no, please stop. Like that right yeah, there yeah. would be more akin to, to where he would be uh, in terms of his range. But and that's the thing about Gene Wilder is he's got tons of range. She doesn't always have to be crazy over the top, uh, you know, young Frankenstein. Uh, check him out in Blazing yeah. Saddles. Like it's a little more subdued, but. Yep, yeah, you're right. I like it. Yes. Thumbs up from me. Okay, I'll keep the trend. Uh, race stance. Um, I am pulling into the future here. Um, and I am gender switching to another Ghostbuster. Most of the people compare this uh, actress compared her to Egon, but I'm going with Kate McKinnon. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, purely, uh, mostly based on enthusiasm that she's the sciencey person in the new Ghostbusters that uh, so a lot of people compared her to Egon plus some some hair going on but uh, just the enthusiasm about hey we're doing this now like like I saw a lot of like oh that's comparable to Ray I thought so I'm gonna go with uh, Kate McKinnon yeah and she doesn't have to be quite as eccentric as she was as Holtzman she can she's more than capable of playing yeah, a more it, you know grounded role yeah Yes, yeah, so absolutely. she's not Holtzman this time. She is Ray, uh, probably with R A E stance and uh, something sim- you know, you know, similar to that character. Yeah, but just with a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I like that's it. It's really good. That's a really good one. Okay, go for it, Chris. All right, I'm just looking at my list here. Um, let's see here. I will say, let's jump ahead here to Winston. Uh. Uh. Hold your breath. No more. I'm keeping Ernie Hudson. Nice. Very nice. Okay. And mostly that came down to, um, uh, I, I, you know, we're familiar with Eddie Murphy, much bigger role. Um, uh, I forget the actor's name now cause I'm old and it's late. Uh, Carl Winslow. Apparently he was, um, being looked at at some point. And I, I, I recently read that somewhere, and so I, I can't even verify it, but that he got the... Uh, Vel Johnson. What, J- what's his first Reggie, name? Yeah, Reggie Vel Johnson. Reg- Spo- Reggie Spoiler Johnson. That's Thank who you. I chose for Winston, so I'll just throw that out there right now. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. We'll go that next. Sure, yeah. Because I, I, I I, unless I dreamt it somewhere, I thought I had read that he got the jail guard because they liked him, but he just wasn't going to oh, okay. get Okay, he probably read for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he read for it. Um and yeah, I like I, we've heard uh, Ernie talk a number of times about how he was ex- you know came in having read for a bigger role, the script had a bigger role and then kind of stuff was taken away from him. I'm like I do not have the heart to to even hypothetically take the oh. entire role away from him. So I I picked him as my keeper. And that's so that's so sweet and I feel like I should have said that too because Ernie is the <laughs> he's the glue that binds us all together, obviously. Right, he's the so only that's, one of the guys I've met. Yeah, so that's that was my pick for for Winston. It's and to be honest, it's it's hard to think of any of them played by somebody else. But Winston, yeah. is, <laughs> given that like everybody agrees that he's kind of there as the 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 proxy for the the audience, it, he's really hard to imagine yeah. anybody else in there because we've kind of self we've identified with him more than any of the others in a lot of ways. So, anyways. All right, Troy. Well, what you got? Yeah, so I'll, I'll Winston. I picked Reggie Vell Johnson, and and for the reasons that you just kind of uh, talked about, like we know that Michael Ensign uh, was reading for the role of Peck and didn't get it, and he kind of got that that role to, to day play uh, as a, a a consolation prize. Uh, yeah, Reggie Vell Johnson uh, read for Winston, didn't get it. He got the uh, police uh, guard role as kind of a consolation prize. But when you think about Winston, he has to be the kind of hardworking guy. If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll mm-hmm. believe anything you say. This job is not worth an ele- another eleven five a year. 
Um, and man, Reggie would have killed that. And, and I think yeah. he's one of those people that you just root for no matter what I see him in, even when he uh, does bit parts still as a cop, the poor guy is just always pigeonholed to being a cop. Um, <laughs> Everybody forgets too the the Winston role is one that whoever came in had to get the audience yes. to like them and get them on side halfway through the movie. It's such like, a weird introduction. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's a great introduction, but it's such a weird in terms of mechanics of the movie. It's so weird to introduce him after the montage like that. Yeah, yeah. But but and picture just in your mind's eye after that montage, holding the resume, looking up at the sign. Uh, the Ernie Hudson portrayal of it, which is wonderful. He kind of plays it with this like, all right, here we go. This is my latch, last ditch effort to try to get a new job. Uh, but picture that with the Reggie Vell Johnson kind of like gleam in his eye. Like, oh boy, I'm so excited. I'm going to go talk to these guys to be Ghostbusters. Like he would have brought something yeah. entirely different to the table um, and still would have been the Winston Zedmore that we all know and love. Um, and also probably would have propelled Reggie's career a little bit more past that point. But would it would it would have felt felt a bit more front facing for the Ghostbusters as well, whereas uh, Winston, you know, is kind of quiet to the side. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's kind of by design in the script and all that, but just Ernie does not project a lot of uh, uh, uh as Winston, not a lot of wackiness uh, or anything. He's, he's kind of the steady yeah, rhythm or, guitarist, you know. He doesn't have to be yeah. front and center and and uh, out there on a limb. Yeah. Everybody, everybody likes him. Uh, nobody thinks he's a bad guy, but he does not read as affable and instantly approachable. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Reggie is the same way. So, yeah, he could have been a little more public facing. Yeah. Um, and and lines that that uh, Ernie played in a certain way would would sell differently. Like, no offense, but I got to get my own lawyer. Like that that would have gotten. Yeah. It got a great big laugh from Ernie, but from Reggie, it would have been played with a little bit more of that comedic edge. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, I like it. Okay, I guess so. I keep saying I, I keep saying I like it. Like I'm gonna shot any of you guys. I hate that was it. awful. I hate it. Oh, that's true. You no. idiots. Uh, <laughs> which means uh, you say can't imagine anyone but Ernie Hudson. Or, but we got Reggie Vell Johnson. Um, Bring it. I've got. I'm, so I'm going to the future. I'm going with Randall Park. Oh, from Marvel oh, movies yes. from uh, WandaVision. Randall Park, yeah. who is who is a comedic actor often. Um, but he's just there. You go. He is a nice, I think, charming guy. It's like yep. I think he has sort of the same effect. Like if he shows up in the middle of the movie, it's like, "Hi, I'm the new Ghostbuster." Yes, you are. We take a shine to you, and I think, and I think that's about it. Yeah, Randall Park. Yeah, nice. Again, another person who would be a He's... good peck. I feel like he could also play that kind of evil bureaucrat role too. Maybe. Well. That that's what he's supposed to be officious. Okay, that's what he's supposed to be doing. I have, I haven't actually seen Wandavision, but that's what he's supposed to be doing in Ant in Man, Man and the Wasp. Yeah. But the the gag there is that he's not. I mean, I mean, he's officious in that he's going to he's going to enforce uh, the rules that that have been set down. But he's actually a friendly guy. Like, like, oh, were you serious about us going to get a meal sometime? No. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Teach me this card trick. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my Winston. Nice. And that we nice. don't have to we don't have to labor the point. We can keep on moving. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Subtle hint, Ross. Fine. <laughs> I'll stop babbling. Um keep it moving. All right, I'm gonna do Lewis. Uh and I picked uh Peter Scolari. Oh. From if for those who are too young, uh Tom Hanks's uh better half in uh uh Bosom Buddies. 
and uh, what one of the Bob Newhart uh, shows there. I just him and his glasses. Um, I think I think he wouldn't have he he would have been a nerd in an entirely different way from uh, the way Rick Moranis did. Okay, it. so I'm sorry. So but, I don't know him. So is he the most annoying neighbor on uh, the Newhart show where they've got the hotel? Is that? Yes, uh, with uh, what's her name, uh, the blonde actress. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank her. you. Like, like that's that's the only yeah. place I know him from. Okay, yeah, yeah. So him, uh, and again in the Newhart one, he. I mean, they're more kind of preppy squares. I guess is more what you'd kind of peg them as. And I think I think he kind of veer that way, but I think it would work just as well. Like you know, he's he might be slightly more sociable. And less awkward than Lewis, but still feels like no, you cannot, you cannot land this woman. She's classically trained musician. She's a foot taller than you are. Um, I think it would have worked. He really he well. could have played the not yeah you're right not necessarily nerdy, but he could have played the kind of like uh, the neighbor that you always want to avoid because maybe he's a little too nosy, maybe he's a little off putting, maybe he's a little socially awkward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could I could totally see that and. Everything that Rick Morant or Lewis brought up reads the same way as as kind of a uh, a yuppie square, as as a straight up you know accountant nerd uh, like uh, Rick did it. So you know uh, talking about doing the twenty minute workout, you want to come in for sparkling water and all this, like all those uh, still fits yeah. even yeah. if he shifted kind of that way. That's good. That's a good one. That's a deep cut too. Like I I, I thought about Baby Hanks for other Thank things. You. Like I thought about him for maybe like Ray, um, but. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. What do you uh, got? All right. For Lewis, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep it going. Uh, Lewis, this is the one that I gender swapped, um, but I also made this choice because I knew how much that Rick Moranis put into the Lewis Tully role that made it what it was. So I had to I had to find somebody who did a lot of heavy lifting to make the role as like meaty and comedic and funny as I thought it would be. Uh, so I put uh, Gilda Radner in here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because ah. I mean, and and for all of the the connotations of her maybe having a crush on Dana Barrett and and how funny that would have been, um, you know that she's she's sort of she's she's in love and she's yearning for her cellist, uh, her uh, Amazon six foot uh, tall uh, cellist neighbor. Um, but also she could have played again, not necessarily the nerdy character from SNL. You don't want her to go to that place, Tad. Um, <laughs> but but you want her to play that sort of like, damn it, I love you. You are just so sweet and so endearing, and I feel for you even though you keep locking yourself out of your apartment. Uh, and I know that you're the neighbor that everybody wants to avoid, but I find some sort of a kinship with you. I feel like Gilda Radner is one of those type of uh, of people. She can play that that character who's supposed to be annoying. And I think that's probably why they were thinking about John Candy in the first place is like John Candy is one of those people who always played annoying characters, uncle buck. Oh my God. Everybody hates uncle buck, but he is the most likable dude on the face of the planet. Um, and that's where I, yeah. I think you get Gilda Radner in there. Yeah. Nice. That, that definitely works. Um, I've mentioned it to some people in the fa- in the past, I'm suspicious. Um, the other woman at the party with the glasses—that's her uh, name—is Patty Dorkin. Uh, Gilda Radner. Uh, her mom is a Dorkin. Oh, interesting. I, uh, oh. I forget. I forget. They both grew up in. Uh, I forget if it's Chicago or Detroit. I'm suspicious that 
Patty Dworkin and Gilda Radner might have been, even if second cousins or something, like how many Dworkins uh, were there in, say, like the 1950s in one city? Oh, my God. And also makes a whole lot of sense because her one line, she kind of plays it with that SNL nerd character kind of like. Yeah, that same accent and I same what, affectation. I forget what uh, comedy. I don't think she was in Groundlings or anything, but I forget Interesting. what what uh, comedy school that Patty Dworkin went to too. Yeah, but so that that is my pet theory, and I'd just like to someday meet anyone who has any familiarity with Gilda Radner or the late uh, Patty Dworkin has also passed away. That that I'm I'm suspicious that they might have been related. Yeah, ask ask Alan Zweibel. He's pretty he's pretty receptive on social media and especially about Gilda stuff. Like you could ask, like, hey, did was she related to uh, to uh, to a Dworkin okay. that, that got work on Ghostbusters? And I bet he would know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Learn something I, every day. Well, yeah, I will go with, oh, so we're talking Lewis Tully, and I've got to keep him. I'm going with Rick Moranis. Yeah, yeah. That, that he made yeah. he made those scenes. That was, uh, and that was my big takeaway with um, looking at the movie intensely last year, that uh, how much he saved those scenes. And I think I've said it before, too, that uh, we all love John Candy. I'm, I'm of the opinion that... Um, Ivan Reitman, I think, is a little bit unfair when he says, oh, John Candy didn't understand the material he was going for. He was talking about having uh, big German shepherds. The thing about that is, is that, well, because the gags were supposed to be there, there and it's just comes down to one line with, OK, who brought the dogs? It's supposed to be about Lewis misunderstanding real dogs with these monster dogs. <laughs> and John, like, like, yeah, of course, John Candy didn't understand what that was going to be in the finished film. And so he's trying, he's trying to workshop it, which is what, which is what Rick Moranis does as well. Except that I think, I think Ivan and I think all of us probably appreciated what Rick Moranis came up with for those scenes. So that's why I'm keeping Rick Moranis. He's my, uh, he's my most valuable player in Ghostbusters. There you go. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Okay. Um, Actually, it's funny now that we're going through this, I realized when you asked me what my self-imposed rules were, the one I forgot to mention was I deliberately left out everybody who was on, uh, we've heard thus far were potentially on the board. To a bit. So, you know, Walken, Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Hope, uh, Steve Gutenberg. Mm. I left them all out. I just, I was kind of like, these are all, and unfortunately, yeah, they all, uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum, like, yeah, these yeah, are Michael all Keaton. Fine guys in the yeah. 80s. Michael yeah. Keaton. I actually wrote him down, and then that's when I kind of put that in, in place. I realized, wasn't he actually yeah. up for it? And then, yeah. So I, um, so to that end, I am going to go with uh, Peter. And I actually, out of everybody, deliberately picked for Peter and Dana, because I think the, the two actors I picked could go toe-to-toe. Um, so much so that I think you could actually, I'm, I'm kind of retroactively actively, uh, doing this, but I, if I think about it, I think you could almost flip them in the roles and it would still keep working. But, um, no, nah, actually it works slightly better this way. But anyways, for Peter, I picked, uh, John Larroquette. <laughs> oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you, a uh, little bit of yeah. smarm, uh, sarcasm. Ego. Uh, yeah. Ego. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, early eighties, John Larroquette would, uh, fit in there quite nicely as the, uh, it's, he's an easy one too, because frankly, I keep talking about it. The, the, 
uh, Second Sight say, you, movie. You just want to come to Second Sight somehow. Everything always relates back <laughs> to Second Sight with Chris, and I love it. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. But he, but he's well. Yeah, he kind of fills the. Uh, well, no, actually, he was kind of a believer in that one. But the point is, I can easily believe him filling all the same qualities that Bill Murray uh, kind of uh, brought to uh, Peter Venkman, and uh, and you know, do that. Uh, well, this is all nonsense. Uh, and then at the end, oh, it's not all yeah. nonsense. Um, so I, you know. I mean, all you have to do is is kind of picture him in your head from Night Court, and you're you're dialed down. From television is kind of television. John Larroquette is pretty hyped up. Movie uh, John Larroquette uh, dialed down. Uh, West Wing, John yeah. Larroquette in the West Wing. Not that age, but that. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that's my pick. I I, I like John Larroquette as well. It's so. kind of fun. like I feel like John Larroquette always wanted to have the career that Bill Murray did, and I think Bill Murray always wanted the career that John Larroquette had, kinda. <laughs> That does sound I, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's my pick for Peter Venkman. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, all right, well, so Peter, I uh, I chose Bronson Pinchot just so that I could talk about Second Sight with Chris, but I'm going to scratch that out. <laughs> um, you're Thank welcome. You. No problem. Uh, no, so for Peter, I uh, I chose Jason Sudeikis. And the, the, the ah. hardest problem that I had in doing this exercise was in my in my – non-existent spare time many years ago i was trying to figure out if they ever rebooted ghostbusters this was pre-2016 paul feig movie like who would they cast in these roles to play these characters sort of like the star trek uh jj abrams 2009 you know who who do i get to replace william shatner who is both uh you know able to embody that but also kind of evoke the same mannerisms and the same personalities and and things like that and so when I did that, I came up with all of these people. Who I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Oh, that's the perfect person. And I, it, I, I had to stop myself from just putting that cast in here. But, but Sudeikis <laughs> is one of those who I always keep coming back to. And I know now everybody's in love with Ted Lasso. Thank you, Chris, for turning me on to the show. I should have listened to you years mm-hmm. ago. Um, but yeah, everybody kind of sees him as that sort of uh, happy-go-lucky, aw, shucks, you know, that type of person. But before that, he was always playing like the cool character on SNL. He was always kind of playing those Bill Murray roles where he just shows up and he's, you know, the, the sees himself in a spotlight in, in a room. Um, and also in the What's Up With That sketches would just show up in a red tracksuit and uh, start dancing. Start dancing. Um, but so, yeah, so Sudeikis and uh, because of that, that's why I scratched out Bill Hader for Ray. And, you know, it goes down the line. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my choice. What do you got, Ross? There you go. OK, I'm going nuclear here in a good way. I'm going with Eddie Murphy. Oh, uh, because and I'm suspicious that. If he had been in the movie that the people come, they compare him to Winston. I don't think he was ever intended to be the everyman, that sort of thing. I I think he was intended to be the star and the ladies man. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has a he has a different energy from Bill Murray, faster and uh, cooler and uh, less weird often. But otherwise, you can definitely see him like, no, he is trying to woo the. Uh, Dana character and he's trying to make Ghostbusters a success and he's thinks that by talking his way through every situation that he can become a success and so I'm going with Eddie Murphy fancies himself a celebrity you could see Eddie Murphy do it like that's kind of you see him playing those roles where it's like 
yeah, Axel Foley, where he's just like the the detective, or I'm sorry, the Detroit cop, um, who doesn't assume anything when he comes to Beverly Hills, uh, and and doesn't want that celebrity. But yeah, you could see him being that type of person, where it's like, hey, I'm a Ghostbuster. That's right. You want an autograph? Totally. Here you go. Yeah. 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 Agreed. All right, where to go from here? Um. Huh. I think I will do Janine. I picked Janine solely on the basis of I just wanted to see more of her from that era in movies. I picked uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I'll I'll tell short... you, Chris. Jamie Lee Curtis was my top choice for Dana. Oh, that was, yeah. yeah. We have a steal. Could do. That I was wondering if we would ever come into conflict here, and that was that was the <laughs> the only one so far. Is, yeah, I had Jamie Lee Curtis. Interesting. Down as Dana. Yeah. Okay, but you. I'm See, sorry, the... but you go on about her being Janine. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, it's good. Oh, I feel bad now. Um, see, th- yeah, initially I kind of wondered the same thing. It would have been a real uh, scrapper then if you and I had both picked her for Dana. But see, for me, uh, that early in the 80s, she's still kind of like uh, kid Jamie Lee Curtis. Does that yeah. make any sense? Uh, compared to True Lies, uh, more sophisticated, uh, you know, more grown up Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. So kind of I like I said I I will never make any apology for trying to get uh young Jamie Lee Curtis into more uh movies uh real or otherwise. Um yeah, I just I some of it might have to do with the short haircut. Like she's always had that Janine 80s uh cut even back then, right? Like post post Halloween she lost it and it, you know, perfect and um trading places and all that sort of thing. She had that same short yeah. cut. Uh, and I'm trying to think one of those movies, she m- kind of in my head must have had 80s glasses too. So she she really uh, kind of gave the same impression. Um, I don't think she'd be quite so New York, but I think uh, I think she's just as brassy in her own way. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it would work. And like I said, more Emily Curtis, never. Yeah. Movie, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not with the, the thick New York accent, but you could see her being that sort of like. The, the, her character in Trading Places, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I'll do a, 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 sorry, interrupt with a tangent. Um, have you guys seen, <laughs> We the director's not so great now, but um, Cabin in the Woods, have either of you guys seen that movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the surprise at the end is that it's uh, Sigourney Weaver is the boss in charge of everything. I always felt, which I mm-hmm. thought she was a, she did a great job, uh, a very good choice. I think she should have been the second choice. I think Jamie Lee Curtis should have been the boss in that movie yeah. because because she is more of a scream queen right. than uh Sigourney Weaver. I always yeah. thought that. And, and that the older older, you know, true lies and uh beyond uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. I I, I can picture it exactly and I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I agree 100%. Thank you. I needed the world to know this. But anyway, yes. I'm sorry I interrupted <laughs> you, Troy. No, that's okay. I agreed so much that I hit my pop screen. Um yeah, okay, so uh, let's just keep it going. Uh, so Janine, um, I I kind of struggled with Janine because Janine is such a specific character to Annie Potts and the way that Annie Potts portrayed her where you want somebody who you can see falling in love with Egon, um, who enjoys racquetball, uh, loves to read. Um, it kind of gets disgruntled with her job about midway through when you need to hire more help. 
Um, so that's why I went with uh, Catherine O'Hara because uh, I was like, okay, uh, I, I need I need somebody in there who, especially and not you know uh, Moira uh, uh, from Schitt's Creek, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara, but sort of SCTV era uh, Catherine O'Hara who maybe comes into the job as as like, oh, I'm going to get this secretarial job and it's going to be a good thing for me for now. Uh, and then immediately realizes that it is not what she thought it was and just kind of takes that turn and, and becomes that that person. And I could see her her kind of turning on a dime like that. But um, yeah, it was tough because I also had a couple backups in here in case Catherine O'Hara came off the board for something else. And it, it's it's so tough. She's She's a tough one. It's kind of like the reasons yeah. that you said, Ross, for for Lewis, like you got to keep Rick mm. Moranis. Like that is just one where I feel like if that is not Annie Potts, that doesn't turn into Janine Melnitz. It's a totally different okay. character, totally different person. But I'm sorry, but I think I've got one choice and I think you guys are going to go, oh, when when you hear my choice for Janine, I've got Carrie Fisher. Uh, you're right. Uh, you win. <laughs> All right. Stop. The, now, the now, exercise is over. You win. I'm sorry. Maybe not. You can tell why I came up with this game. <laughs> I can't. Well, I've got, I'm going to rig the game. Um, maybe maybe she wouldn't be as New York. Maybe she would be just as good as Annie Potts. But that's what I'm thinking. I think she would be just as good as Annie Potts. Because when you see um, her interactions with uh, um, even with Tom Hanks and the Burbs, sort right. of like, you know, they love each other. But she's kind of needling him about like, like, well, I want you to. Or don't you want to go out do something else i don't want you to bother the neighbors but in star wars and uh especially in the first movie just her her jibes at harrison ford like doing that to the peter venkman character and then turning around and just being sweet on egon like i think so i'm going with carrie fisher yeah right? that's I think so good great and you could see her, yeah. her pull, turning on the anger, but it's still charming when she's angry and quipping back at venkman and it's still charming and yeah that's good the funny part is if you think of her in When Harry Met Sally, yep. she's very close. Mm. Very New York, uh, same short haircut. And very yeah, brash. A lot very, of the same. Yeah. 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 yeah I can really – that's a good one. That's also, a really I'm good surprised one. that that didn't happen knowing her relationship with everybody in that movie. But I guess maybe at that point there were some personal uh, – Might be per- – well, oh, yeah, because – and then also um, there – so it's just a year after Return of the Jedi – and it could be a combination of maybe she's less interested in doing another working more. And then also, but I know in Empire and, Re- and Return of the Jedi that she was um, had some substance problems then. Yeah, yeah. she was not. And, and I know that uh, Aykroyd uh, and uh, with, with the whole Belushi thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But hey, uh, anyway, that would have been perfect. Good choice, man. That's a really good. Well, I think trick, we're all yeah. doing good here, but yeah, we, there's only two rolls left. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna leave Egon to last. I don't think mine's gonna be a major revelation when I get there, but I just kind of like the idea of leaving Egon to last. Um, so that leaves Dana, <coughs> and I am um, picking Leslie Ann Warren. Ah, I'm sorry, and I don't if know you, who that is. Uh, have you seen Clue? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I know everyone loves Clue, and I need to see Clue sometime. <laughs> uh, that's the only one that I could really point to. She she's been in a lot of other stuff. She's very funny. Um, is she the maid she, in Clue or 
No, no, no. She played uh, Miss Scarlet. Um, so she can do uh, it, um, over you know, super confident. She can do uh, classy. Like you could, she could really read in much the same way that Sigourney Weaver did, which is uh, beautiful, uh, highly educated uh, musician. Unlike uh, Sigourney Weaver, and this is not a knock on Sigourney Weaver at all. Um, Sigourney Weaver very much played, um, what does she call it? Uh, Dandridge? Help me out here with the Marx Brothers. Uh, um, yes, shoot. Late and old. But, uh, the, the Marx Brothers favorite, uh, foil, I can't remember her name now and people are screaming at their, uh, (laughs) as often happens. Yeah. Whatever. Um, she even said that's, uh. Dorothy, ah, anyways, I'll figure it out later. I'll wake up in the middle of the night screaming. Um, and uh, she said, uh, Sigourney Weaver's often said that that's what she saw herself as, as playing this, uh, you know, um, the the straight person that all the Marx Brothers were kind of fawning over and, and being wacky around sort of thing. Leslie Ann Warren will still fit that, but again, I think she has just a, uh, a tad more oomph for stuff like uh, you're more like a game show yeah. host and stuff like that. Stuff that read funny because Sigourney Weaver was playing it straight, read it straight, uh, and it came off really funny in that way. Leslie Ann Warren, I think, would uh, be able to kind of um, kind of put some extra spins on that. And I, I, I apologize, Ross, that you, uh, like I said, if it go... Um, I don't know. Hit YouTube. I'll look up. But yeah, but <laughs> sorry, but clue. the other <laughs> that I'm just not familiar with. But um, uh, Margaret Dumont. I just looked Margaret it up. Dumont. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Margaret it's Dumont. On the tip of my tongue too. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. So basically, she's she's not really a, a Margaret Dumont uh character, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, she's um, like I say, you see her in Clue, and yeah, you'll you'll see what okay, I mean. Like yeah. she she's. She was mm. also in one of my Anyways. favorite Columbo episodes. She's she's the one that's in the hypnotist uh, one with George Hamilton, right? I'm pretty there sure you go. that's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that she might have been in that people she was in know, uh, uh, one of the. Mel- she was in Life Stinks with Mel Brooks. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh man, she pops I mean, up. She's, she's, she's in. Been... She's in everything. Yeah. You'll once you see her, Ross, you'll be like, oh yeah, I've seen you in. Oh yeah, her things. Yeah. Uh, um yes i am i'm looking on my phone now like yeah i've, I've seen her in things but just she's she's very much a whatever the 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 female equivalent of a hey it's that guy yeah uh, in hollywood she's she's been at it for ages and it's still working and like she when pops you up her. all the time in like yep. the tv and stuff yeah yeah the limey she was in the limey she was great in yeah. the limey. anyways that's uh that's my that's pick a good one for the uh sophisticated and and beautiful uh dana bear um man i like that that's really good that was so good it should have been mine uh <laughs> so for dana uh dana was another one that i kind of struggled with because yeah you you want her to be that dumont type um, who's a good foil for the comedic elements, but also just doesn't feel like a damsel in distress. And when you go to like eighties, um, lead actresses, they all, like everybody always kind of got typecast into certain things. You had your uh, certain roles that everybody was always being, you know, kind of shoehorned into. Um, 
And I, it's probably because I've been watching Raiders of the Lost Ark over and over and over uh, this week, but I chose uh, Karen going. Allen because uh-huh. uh, Karen Allen was always a great foil for all of the characters that she had to, to deal with. She had to deal with the larger than life uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Scrooged. Uh, she holds her own with Lumpy. Um, yep. you know, I, I feel like, and she's just one of those likable people that you could understand is a New York musician playing the cello, living in, uh, Central Park West. Um, and this crazy thing happens to her and there you go. Uh, obviously she would play it a lot differently than Sigourney Weaver did, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I wish Karen Allen That's got a, a whole lot more work. That's she's good, yeah. just so good anyway. Yeah. Mm. I once, uh, oh, sorry, uh, tangents again. Uh, I once heard someone say, you know, the only other person I'd want to have played Lois Lane in the original Superman movie would be Karen Allen. Oh, man. And Margot Kidder kind of looks oh, like yeah, her. That, that would work. Yeah. Like, they they kind of look similar, too. They have the, yes. the same sort of facial structure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there it is. There's, I mean, and, and again, that was a tough one because it's like, yeah, you just you picture Sigourney Weaver in that role, um, but she's the one. What do you got, Ross? That, that is great. Okay. Well, I had Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> but someone had to make Second it Jamie. choice. Yep. Sorry. I have another choice. Um, I want. I was sort of focusing on um, Janine. I want someone. Uh, excuse me. I, I want uh, Dana. I want someone sophisticated. Someone who uh, you are not going to be able to romance in one date. You're you're gonna have to really prove yourself to her that uh, that you are worth her time. So I thought of Angela Bassett. Ah, um, people, uh, uh, Black Panthers, the Queen, the Mother, all and years before yeah. that for another Columbia picture, uh, Boys in the Hood. She's in Boys that. In Tina and, Turner, right? Didn't she play Tina Turner in? Uh... What's love yeah, got to do with it? Probably right. I haven't yeah. seen that, but yeah. Uh, my uh, 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 partners at work, we, we've known each other for a long, long time. And for a, a chunk of time prior to them actually making an X-Men movie, we always thought she'd make the perfect yeah. storm. Yes. And, and, yeah. Uh, the perfect uh, for the longest storm. time, we're like, if they ever make the X-Men movie, she's got to be storm. Uh, yeah, she'd be fantastic. Well, she ended up in Marvel. There you go. She's in a different Marvel role, but yeah, she she yeah. she got there in the end. Yeah. But yeah, but she was always like, if you when you're doing dream casting, uh, like comic book nerds used to do before, you know, the internet came along and everybody got spoiled and they just fight about this stuff. <laughs> we we were all like, yeah, Angela Bassett would be because she was in um, was it Strange Days? I think that's what cemented yeah. it. She was in Strange Days, and we all went, oh my god, please get that X Men movie off the ground and put her in it. Anyways, uh, another yeah. person that no, I feel I would make it. a good peck, like Angela Bassett yes, in that you're right. role. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yep. it's just gonna be my go-to from this point forward. Good choice. They'd make a good peck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I like is that we've got several alternates for peck, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> really, for totally. peck, we've, we've come up with. Um. All right, back to me. Last, yeah, uh, do last it. character. We're Take Egon. us there, sketch. Uh, Doctor Egon Spengler. I did a lot of humming and hawing. Uh, it got tough because that is the one role that we've heard a lot about who they were going after, uh, which took a lot of really good actors off the board. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, I think, what, I, I don't know how real it is, but they were talking about Christopher Walken and all mm. that. I'm like, oh, Jeff Goldblum. He was actually, uh, anyways, um, in the end, 
I, I, it may have to do with the fact that I think once you put glasses on him, he could pass for uh, Harold Ramis's brother. I picked uh, David Naughton from um, uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, yeah. That was that was my pick. Uh, just because. He reads in American Werewolf uh, in London and a bunch of other stuff I've seen him in. He comes off very close to Harold Ramis in Stripes, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures uh, of him today, and, and um, it's conceivable that he could have been related to Harold Ramis. You sort of think, yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you think think back to American Werewolf in London, he had the kind of that's uh, uh, kind of like the, the dark uh, tangle of hair that kind of... Uh, <laughs> could be styled high, get some glasses on him and all that. Uh, I don't know. I just always kind of liked him too. And, you know, it's not, it was always kind of a dry part sort of thing. And I think actually he would have done uh, uh, very well, like much the same way that uh, Harold Ramis did uh, playing like the, the straight man. The sort of emotionless Spock character. Yeah. Yeah. and But then every once in a while, you know, uh, give a little uh, peek behind the mask mm-hmm. that uh, sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, that was a tough one. I went back and forth. Who's on my, I mean, I had Peter Rieger on there. Oh, that would have been um, interesting. Yeah. But in the end, I went I went with David. So that was my pick for Egon. Um, well, it's good. I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one that struggled with Egon, too. Like, I saved Egon for last when I was doing the list because, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of hurts. But um, yeah. another another reason that it's a problem. Yeah. Um, and and I I had written down Tim Curry and I had underlined Tim Curry and I'm like I'm gonna go with Tim Curry and then I had that weird uh-huh. notion Chris that he was on that list of people with Christopher Lloyd and Christopher Walken and who uh, ten million other people and I feel like I pulled Tim Curry out of that Maybe. weird the the recesses of my brain that had memorized that from somewhere. Um, uh yeah he would have fit at that time i think frame i think he was on that well. casting sheet so i scratched him out and i went with my tried and true uh from my fan recasting for the reboot uh stephen colbert uh because uh, okay. pre uh pre uh late show colbert pre uh colbert rapport um but you know that that young stephen colbert that showed up on the daily show uh you put him in that um that that emotionless Spock role, and I think he shines. I think he could still do it today, to be completely honest, because he's he's just that great of an actor. But he's now become the talk show host, and everybody sees him that way. Uh, so that's yeah. But yeah, Tim Tim Curry would have been a whole lot of fun. Like if if he was yeah. on that casting list, like I I would love to see an audition reel or something. Even though it probably never happened because Harold was on it from the start. But mm-hmm. yeah, that is a good one. And All right, Ross, ends with, bring it ends with me. Um, when I'm thinking of Egon, I mean, you are right that uh, Harold Ramis is so specific in the way he plays that, because um, he's not because he, he he he's a nerd, but he's not the dweeby uh, weakling sort of nerd that you you'd think of in other movies or cartoons or something. Um, when I'm thinking of Egon, I'm thinking of maybe looking for a shorthand to show that someone is intelligent, which often gets you to English actors. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, yeah, just like suddenly. Well, of course I'm. Of course I've studied Oxford. I'm an English actor I'm with British. A yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. That does it. And I went with Jeremy Irons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Jeremy is, Irons, hundred percent. 
Yeah, yeah. Who, it, it, he is almost exactly. Uh, I think he's uh, two years older than Bill Murray. Um, yeah, that that he is not the most comedic actor, but he can definitely he can do that as well. And that, yeah, he's been. Uh, <laughs> he had he had my favorite comedic moment in that. Uh, Justice League movie where he f- if either of you have seen it he fusses over Wonder Woman making tea like you're doing it wrong no just let me do it okay <laughs> that is uh, what I'm here he for he did make a good yeah. Alfred I, I'll give Justice League yeah. that he was a great Alfred yeah he was my favorite part in the movie yeah anyway uh, so I'm going with Jeremy Irons for the the cerebral Egon oh I love it I can see it yeah and could, and could see can him see playing it. socially awkward uh, you know print is dead like just throwing that out there and it just kills and he'd the conversation. Be another, yeah. And he'd be another fun one for um, any, and I'm not saying just my um, Carrie Fisher, Janine, but for any Janine to um, um, have googly eyes over to, and then have Jeremy Irons is sort of what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. young Jeremy Irons had the like chiseled jaw and yeah, totally. Mm. Um, I'm going to fangirl out over Jeremy Irons now. Um, <laughs> Ross, would it would you be cool if we kind of go through uh, our runner ups or like our crazy uh, things that we wrote down? And we're like, let's talk about some of them briefly. Yeah, sure. if you wouldn't mind, and then and then we'll list everyone just again for everyone uh, what our what, what our, our choices picks were. were. But yeah, because um, I, I just I want to bounce these off you guys and just sort of see what you say. Like if you're like, oh my god, that's terrible, or if you're like, oh that's interesting. Uh, for Peter Venkman, Paul Newman, young Paul Newman. Hmm. He's uh, definitely got the star power. I'm I'm interested what made you think of Paul Newman for it. Uh Slapshot. His character in Slapshot that he's just the entrepreneur trying to make everything continue to okay. to work. Um Yeah. You know, just sort of that and again like the the leading man, you see him playing that romantic uh lead. But um so yeah, that, that was, I was like, I don't know. I'm going to throw that on there and see if they go like, "Ew." Uh so that's that was one of them. <laughs> uh Race Dance I put uh Peter Falk Going back to Columbo, uh, young, young, yeah. uh, early 1970s, late 1960s Peter Falk, uh, because you he's see him. He's in the music video. He's there. Yeah, there he is. I mean, he's he's related to the Ghostbusters tangent, tangentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did I have that was kind of crazy? Oh, Winston, I put John C. Riley. I feel like he would, huh, would yeah. kind of be that weird sort of like coming on on board and would have done something totally different with it. Uh, and then just because the guy loves to play comedies now, apparently, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Uh, Andy Garcia is Peck, but young Andy Garcia. Uh, that was that was one of those. Yeah. Mm. So th- those were my runner-ups. Did you guys have any like kind of wacky uh, ones that, that didn't ones. make the cut? Chris, go for it. Yeah. Wacky ones. Um, I don't know how wacky they are. When I was doing Peck, I had um. I had both Peter Boyle and Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya. Oh, man, I love Dan Hedaya. And I think they would have been fine. It's just they, they, their dark side got really kind of dark. I wasn't quite sure if it would be I was going to say Dan Hedaya would be like trying to kill the Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. I initially started on, let's see, Peter... <laughs> It was a weird one because he was kind of aging out at that point. But I started with Burt Reynolds and then got rid of him pretty quick. I thought you were kidding but, about Burt uh, Reynolds. You had Burt Reynolds. No. Well, what do no, you no, see no. in Burt Reynolds for Peter? Yeah. Oh, well, he, a lot of the same stuff. Just charming and sarcastic. Like that's that's the instant okay. stuff, right? Uh, but the trick was is in my head it would have to be 
earlier Burt Reynolds. It would have to be Cannibal Run Burt Reynolds, but uh, without yeah, mustache. Can't, can't it have be, to be Deliverance Burt Reynolds. can't be Smoking the Bandit Part 2 Burt Reynolds, because that's when he became no. self-aware. That's when he turned on as Skynet and knew. But that's when, in my head, I kind of felt like I wanted to keep close to the same, like the 30-something age mm. range for the Ghostbusters, and he wasn't. He was out of that at that point. Uh, but then I, I wrote him down and then realized that he might actually be a little under it. Uh, Bruce Campbell. For, okay, for yeah. who? For, Peter. for Peck? For, no, no, for, for Peter. Peter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see both that. Both these guys are yeah. for Peter. Reynolds and, and Campbell were both for, for Peter. And then I got, like I said, I kind of hummed and hawed. And as I kept looking into it, I was like, no, nah, there's better options than that. Uh, let's see here. Unfortunately, that's what um, Bruce Campbell always hears is that. Well, there's a few better options. <laughs> we we, we all Campbell. love we all love Bruce Campbell, but like, that's him. what he he's repeat, repeatedly heard all his career. I was like, I think there's a few better options. Oh dear. Uh, I really really loved him uh, in uh, Burn Notice. If you ever watched the Burn Notice series, and in my head, that's kind of who I you know kind of slightly younger uh, Bruce Campbell, but but you know the, the that era of of, okay. of acting. Let's see here. Peter McNichol, I put down, yeah. Oh, I kind of, yeah, I ended up in Ray. That was just a weird list, too. I had Gary Busey down because he was pre-accident. <laughs> pre-accident Busey, yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey, again. And I kind of like the idea just because he he had an early start in the, and then faltered and then kind of hit his stride later on. So I kind of wondered if maybe as as a ray and then like i said oh I my god there's there's an alternate universe where either jim carrey or adam ant played a character in this movie like maybe maybe lewis tully or something yeah, yeah. could that, that could that that could could work um he's just a little too over the top jim carrey he, especially his younger one he would really kind of went yeah he's always kind of gone to the wall but um i i love both of them and they didn't in the end i didn't think they were quite um, I had for Dana. I had uh, Bernadette Peters and Madeline Kahn. <sighs> oh, they Madeline were just Kahn staples in the eighties. Madeline Kahn would have been pretty good, but she, I honestly think that even it, with the original cast, she punched higher than all of them. Like yeah. comically, she's yeah. I, I think which she, is I, so weird. She's she's yeah. What that would be such a weird thing to do because she would be excellent, but and and even if you told her like okay, you're not going to be you're not going to be as outrageous or as funny in this movie as you have been in, in other things, but you're so used to her that she has, is uh, on fire and, and can be so funny, but that's not yeah. who Dana is. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, burned up. Peters kind of went the other way. Like if you think of, uh, pennies from heaven, the jerk, the jerk. pennies yeah. from heaven and the jerk, she kind of had, um, like the high voice, soft spoken kind of, and I was like, ah, not not strong enough of a personality. Yeah. I love her to death, but it's kind of like, ah, oh, not quite there. That's kind of um, why I waffled on. I had Alan Tudyk just like written off into the margins because I love Alan Tudyk, and I I, yeah. I wanted to put him in for Egon. I wanted to put him in for for Peck. I wanted to I wanted to put him in somewhere, and it was the same sort of thing. It was like, I just I don't know. I don't know where you would fit. You're just wonderful, but I don't know where you go. Uh, and then I mentioned earlier uh, Peter Riegert, Riegert. Uh, but in the end, I just kind of like he he, um, he does funny, but he's very very dry. Yeah. And actually, I realized that he did a lot of drama. And uh, when he was in comedy, he was very much a straight man. So it didn't. I was like, I don't. I wasn't quite sure that he could like uh, you know fit a Peter or something like, or an Egon or 
He was closer to Egon, and I think he kind of. Let me see here. Yeah, he was on the short list for yeah. Egon, and then I kind of cut him. Peter, Peter anyways, Riegert makes my... me think of Peter Krause too, who was always kind of that same type of person, where it's like, yeah, could play uh, yeah, yeah. serious, could play funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, that was kind of my show. And, and to be honest, with more time, I think the list uh, could, you know, the backup list could have been much, much deeper. Uh, but this was a lot of me like scanning through my DVDs and stuff. Oh yeah, this, I, <laughs> so, pr- prepare yourself, Ross. This is going to be the one that in your comment section or your social media is just going to be like, "What are you? Th- you needed what this about, person. What and, about so and so? How could you coming. forget? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Uh, really briefly, some of my people, you know, and I had the, I had him as my third Peter Venkman. I'm, I'm curious. I'm kind of curious what you guys think. What do you think about a movie with John Belushi as Peter? Because I've never really. I, I really like John Belushi, and I've never really thought that that would be the best choice, to have John Belushi trying to play some yeah. Peter Venkman role. I think he fit for that original version, that that infamous Dan Aykroyd script that nobody can seem to find anywhere, where it was already like in the future and there were Ghostbusters stations all over the place. Like I see Belushi in that role, but I don't see him as the Peter Venkman that ended up on the page as as Ramis and Aykroyd wrote it. Like he would almost fit more as like, he'd be, like yeah. he'd be Lewis. He'd be like, he'd be the slobbish neighbor that annoys Dana Barrett. Yeah. And you know, I, he, I could see him as that character, but yeah. Yeah. Although remember by that point in his career, by just the year before they started filming and he passed away, he was trying to steer away from that kind of yeah typecasting. Yeah. Even, even even to making some weird and didn't pan out choices, there's always the chance yeah. that if if they had as they had revised the script towards what we're familiar with now, and said you're not that guy, he would have been like not a problem. He could have played the skeptic, uh, like the 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 line of dialogue that Peter has, where he's like, oh, I don't believe these guys either. Um, you know. Uh, I I could see him popping up and saying like I'm going to go back to check out Miss Barrett or check out her apartment. Yeah. A lot of a lot of that personality uh, that Bill Murray portrayed uh, using those lines in his uh, you know improv and stuff yeah. like that. I I think I I can I can hear Belushi doing it. It's just we also in our head kind of see him as kind of a slob. But I like I said I I give him the benefit of the doubt that he was trying to go someplace yeah. else. Like if he was head was in the right place, I think you know, who knows that could have been. Ghostbusters sadly could have been a renaissance yeah. for, for. It would John be Belushi. interesting what what his roles in the future would have been. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, it, it's difficult for me to see him as he, as really any of the main Ghostbusters. Um, really quickly, my some of my alternates. The only character that I had around in different spots, and I and I didn't use him. Martin Short. I yeah. could see Martin Short as either yep. Ray or as Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of those. I have him out in the margins with Alan Tudyk too. It's like I just don't know where you go, Martin Short. But no, I hum, I hummed and hawed yeah. a lot of the SCTV cast. To yeah. be honest, Joe Flaherty is in my margin sure. too. It's like it seems like yeah. he should have been in there somewhere. But mm. Dave Thomas could have been a good pick. Yeah, just, just to keep you. You just beat me to that. Uh, I had uh, Dave Thomas was my uh, so I I chose Rick Moranis to keep as Lewis Tully, uh, to be a bit of a flex, to be a bit funny. Um, Dave Thomas was my second choice for Lewis because, um, Uh. um, he is, uh, he looks different. However, um, the thing about Dave Thomas is that also, if he was doing the same things, because what what I also noticed about, uh, the Lewis character is he comes, he comes off, he is a creep, 
with his intense interest in his neighbor. However, you don't hate him for it because it's in the movie, it's Rick yeah. Moranis, and he keeps locking himself out of his apartment. And he says, oh, maybe we'll play Twister later. But Dave Thomas, he could play, um, yeah, still different, but he could play, uh, he, he's non-threatening is, is my point. Like he could play non-threatening as well. And I think he could maybe do it as well. Yeah. I would almost, I would slot Eugene Levy in there then too. Like it would almost be that same sort of reason. Like he could be non-threatening, uh, but as the like, oh, just the happy-go-lucky neighbor, we're going to play Parcheesi, like that kind of guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. These are all good. All right. So when do we come back with our list for people like uh, the horse carriage driver and <laughs> hot dog vendor guy? Because I got that list. <laughs> cooking in the background as well. <laughs> all of the below the lines yeah I, th- I think this is good enough for to for tonight but yeah that was um, so polite of you ross good job <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know <laughs> also, well you got me thinking about the the horse cab the handsome cab driver and he was a comedian i forget his name right now but but he didn't he's dead now he a lot of these characters a lot of these people have passed away yeah i think his last name yeah, was danny stone, stone. danny stone yeah. okay uh, so how about again, just for the sake of listeners, uh, Chris, or please go down right. your your cast again. Yeah, uh, I had as Doctor Raymond Stance, I had Peter McNichol, uh, early eighties Peter McNichol. Uh, as Doctor Peter Vingman, I had John Larroquette, so like Night Courty John Larroquette. Doctor Egon Spengler, I had David Naughton. Uh, as Winston Zeddemore, I kept Ernie Hudson. As my 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 keeper, uh, Leslie Ann Warren I picked for Dana Barrett, uh, Peter Scolari I picked for Lewis Tully, Jamie Lee Curtis so that eighty early eighties era Jamie Lee Curtis as Janine, and uh, Alan Arkin uh, as uh, Walter Peck of the EPA. It sounds good. And Troy, do you have yours circled or listed down? Yes. Coming soon to not a theater near you in 1984. In the, in the theater of the mind. Yes. Uh, Peter Venkman, yeah. Jason Sudeikis, Ray Stance, Gene Wilder, Egon Spangler, Stephen Colbert, Winston Zeddemore, Reggie Vell Johnson, Dana Barrett, Karen Allen, Louis Tully, Gilda Radner. We're going to have to rename that character. Maybe Lewis works for a female character. I don't know. We'll come back Louise, to that. Louise, right? Louise. Louise. I right. love it. Uh, Janine Melnitz, Catherine O'Hara, and Walter Peck, Harold Ramis. That is great. And my picks are Peter Venkman is played by... Peter Venkman is... Eh, no, it's the other way around. Darn it. Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy is Peter Venkman. Uh, Kate McKinnon is Ray Stance. Jeremy Irons as Egon Spengler. Randall Park as Winston Zedmore. Angela Bassett as Dana Barrett. Rick Moranis is staying as Louis Tully. Carrie Fisher is Janine Melnitz. And he, I guess I'll, we'll fit him on the poster. Chevy Chase is Walter Peck. <laughs> if you can fit the size 72 point font that his writer commands. Yes, yeah. yes. And Roddy McDowell as the horse carriage driver in Central Park. <laughs> yes, I would do it. I'll I'll tell you guys what um what I'll do is that we are staggering um releasing this. We'll put this on um this audio on my podcast first. Everyone that is again Reitman for the job. 
uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, this fall, everyone, uh, thank you to all of your listeners at the interdimensional po- uh, interdimensional cross rep um this fall so in time for halloween and getting into november with the release of ghostbusters afterlife i'll be stuck in the past with that time machine i'll be looking talking about legal eagles ivan reitman's follow-up film to ghostbusters um it's uh-huh. mo- it's mostly interesting for business decisions mm-hmm. which is a very boring mm-hmm. thing for me to say but it's honestly the truth is like oh everyone was making this this choice even comedic choices like oh you thought because this was you're following up on ghostbusters and this is all makes money sense to you okay uh but i'm talking about legal (laughs) eagles i'll be looking at twins which is a much more successful movie uh guess uh, guess what listeners uh twins that is ivan reitman's second most successful film ever um a little did a little bit better than ghostbusters 2 by the way interesting and yeah, and hmm. wedged in between there on, I'll be releasing on, on Halloween, the debut of a favorite cartoon of mine and many others, The Real Ghostbusters, and I'll be talking about many decisions that got that going. So that's Reitman for the job. What I will do, uh, thanks guys, um, after, so at, so it'll, it'll make sense on Twitter, some point after um, this audio goes up on my feed, I will, how about I'll put the lists as a Twitter poll? And people can, uh, with with lists underneath of uh, what our choices are, and people can vote on who has who wins. Not not the best, the least wrong. <laughs> who was the least wrong today in casting Ghostbusters? Oh man! And 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 uh, um, people on Twitter, you can uh, chime in and let uh, let yourselves know if you think like, oh, here's here's an actor I was really thinking about for Peter or something like. Let me know some of yours as well. Oh yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Ross May Ryder. And thank you guys. And do you want to say goodbye? You don't have to do final thoughts. You can do that. You can do that after. Oh, we could. Do, yeah, we could totally magic. do that. But yeah, that's. Yeah, we'll tack it on when we're closer to releasing. Hundred percent. Um, I am anxiously awaiting more Reitman for the jobs. Uh, because for any of our listeners that are are not familiar, if you're listening to this in our feed, uh, it is a film school dissertation that Ross just uh, researches and is. I, I I cannot stress enough that if you're a fan of of Ghostbusters comedies of the '80s, you got to go listen to it because he really does his, his homework. Um, but uh, yeah, here here <laughs> on the Crossroad, so we don't do homework. Uh, we just record every week and see what happens. Uh, you can find. Uh, meanwhile, no, I'm <laughs> more impressed with you guys that you you're doing this every week, and uh, I can't I can't do that. <laughs> no, like, because we I, don't I'm, research, Ross. I'm always we impressed. Don't do anything. <laughs> you you and uh, Troy and I decided we will. F- focus with laser intensity on this one movie and you said hold my beer and you said i will focus on every ivan reitman yes. movie with laser intensity so uh, you got us beat yeah, there absolutely so um so yeah so check check out the crossroad if you're not familiar with it if you're a, a fan of ghostbusters we are uh at ghostbustershq.net uh you can pick up our feeds and all of your favorite podcasters uh podcatchers podcasters pod, whatever they're called now and uh yeah hit us up on uh the socials at the crossrip on twitter and instagram uh, i'm at uh ghostbusters hq on twitter and instagram uh chris i'll let you speak for yourself again i'm at uh at proton charging all one word it's easy we're all over the place like, all over the place like oily fingerprints yes. ch- uh, children's oily fingerprints Throw all over rocking you. the patio yes. door That's ghostbusters us. fans have been trying to get rid of us for years we are the greasy fingerprints of <laughs> Ghostbusters social so media. 
<laughs> Guys, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Thank you. Thank you. And good night to you and good night or have a good day to all the listeners out there. Don't hate us. We, we tried. <laughs> that should be your new uh, sign off. Don't hate us. Please don't, don't hate, hate us. us. <laughs>